condition my condition was in I woke up this morning with the sundown shining in him Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the f***ing money, head? Oh, it's, uh, oh, oh, it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then... 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Tripped on a cloud and fell eight miles high. I told my mind... On a jagged sky. Okay, you know, you guys aren't privy to all the new so, uh, you know, that's what you, uh, that's what you pay me for. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. Yeah, let's cut through the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? I lost you $60,000. There is no one who wants to make that money back for you more than I do. Just one thing, dude. What's that? You have to use so many cuss words. What the f are you talking about? Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. I woke up this morning with the sundown. Hello and welcome back to Starks and Jacks. I'm Tom Howell. Greg Pappas on the board. SP Futures down 20, NASDAQ Futures down 109. The alleged reason for this, and probably the real reason for this, is uh, we have a downgrade of the U.S. long term. Debt to AAA to AA plus by Fitch, and uh, I guess there might be those that say they are outraged, and there's also those that say what took you so long. So, uh, not sure where I am in that group. Where are you on that, Greg? You're a Treasury trader. Do we have Mr. Kevin. Good morning. You do. We're gonna we're gonna pin this one on Greg. He's a trader. Uh, I lost Tra faith trader. Trader. T R A D E R, not a traitor. Yes, right. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I lost faith in those ratings probably after AIG was AAA for a while. Um, so you put AAA, uh, the U.S. government in the same class as AIG? Is that what you just did? Uh, I put the Fitch and Moody rating in the uh, trash bin. All right. <laughs> just saying. I, I got, if you control the printer, you're AAA. Um, so, so you think the Weimar Republic is still AAA? Well, they didn't have Fitch and Moody's. No, but they had a printer. They had the printer, right? But they didn't. They had have a good printer. They had a very good printer, actually, didn't they? Overtime. Yeah, <laughs> high-speed printer. Oh God. So, Kevin, uh, how many days have we been on with this much day? We got Trump indicted. We got the government being downgraded. We've got. Uh, I don't. Know, I'm sure we could pick out a whole bunch of other stuff without much. We have the the U.S. representatives looking at the companies that are. Investing in China companies that are not supposed to read BlackRock and MSCI. I, I'm stunned when the guy from BlackRock comes on TV all the time and tells everybody to invest in China that they actually have stuff over there they're trying to sell to people. I mean, aren't, aren't you shocked about that? What, you don't think he's an honest broker? Oh, God, no. And I, I think these people, they don't, even know, they don't even know what honesty is. I don't know. I understand how... Uh, then, we, then we have... Uh, if you believe it, it's not a lie. Yeah, yeah. I don't we think they a, believe it either. <laughs> yeah, then we have a guy coming on. He was just interviewed on CNBC. Just wrote a book. Tells the name of it. Witness, uh, witness to a prosecution: the myth of Michael Milken. The guy's name is uh, Richard Sandler, and Greg swears he's going to have him on the show by next week because guys who put out books usually go on any show, even ours. <laughs> I shouldn't say that, but uh, it's, we had uh, what's his name? We had David Stockman on our show one day because he just came yeah, out with he, a book. Uh, the filibuster man. Yeah, the world's worst interview I ever think I've ever had. Um, 
anyway, but uh, no, I remember having one of those. I, I was just doing some uh, uh, spring football work for uh, for Mike Frank. I forget what incarnation of his website it was, uh, um, but uh, uh, there there was this one lineman, and I swear I couldn't get anything, anything but a cliche for an answer. Yeah. It was the most frustrating thing because all he would do is just give me the ultimate sports cliches. And um, and it turned out to be that I was able to write a really good article about the interview, but I pretty much, I, I didn't make it up, but what I did was I talked about an offensive lineman and how the improvement goes, and it's easy as one, two, three, and step one, then I'd pull something, some quote that he gave me out of there. And 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 I I put it together, and uh, that this was this was real early on when I first started doing this. And Mike was trying to give me some coaching and all that. And and so when he saw the article, he says, "Boy, that's it! You're really getting the hang of it." <laughs> I said, yeah, just make stuff up. You're getting the hang of it. Uh, what was the word they say on the trading floor? If you can't dazzle them with brilliance, baffle them with BS or something. That, like that. That's it. That's it. Yep. <laughs> but uh, the interesting part about this. Uh, book, uh, which I'm kind of dying to read. Uh, I used to, well, I've done it on the show a few times. I haven't done it forever. I use this as an amazing example of somebody who tries to essentially run with the big dogs, and the big dogs don't want them there. Uh, for those that don't know, back in history, if you were a firm that wanted capital, you wanted a way, to, wanted money for your business, you had one or two ways to go. You could either go to the big banks. And they were a lot more of them, so they were more competitive. But still, they were their own little group. You could either go to the big banks, and you got a loan, but you had to have compensating balances. That when interest rates were, you know, four and five percent, you didn't get any, any. It was you had a what a compensating balance was. If the firm lent, lent you like fifty million bucks, you might have to keep five or six million back at the bank in a non-interest bearing account. And if Robin was here, she could tell us how many. You know, depending on the deal you made, you had these compensating balances. Yeah, you get you'd, in exchange for rate because the yeah. banks wanted balances more than they wanted fees in those days right. because they could make the money on margins. So, um, so you would have to keep a balance. Later, there there was sort of a shift to fees, and I I have no idea where they are now except that uh, as Silicon Valley unfolded, it looked like they were completely after balances there. Yeah, uh, or the other thing was there were three firms. There were a couple others snipping away, but your big capital firms were Morgan. Goldman, duh, and then it was Solomon Brothers, who ended up becoming Solomon Smith Barney. But Solomon probably was one of the most hooty-tooty of the firms. Uh, anyway, they were the, those were the guys, and if you went to them for capital, basically you bent over and spread them. I, don't, I shouldn't say that in the air, but that's... So there were, there were two, two ways to get capital, and Michael Milken eventually invented a third. And he said, guys, there's a third way of doing this, and he invented something called a... Uh, a non-investment grade bond, read junk bond, and he said, we'll get you money through this other method that we will uh, find money for you. We have to pay a little bit higher interest rate. And for the investors, we're not going to pin them to essentially one company. We're going to say, okay, I've got 20 of these companies out there, and if you invest in, in me and these guys, you're going to have a slice of all 20 of them. And the interest rate is going to be high enough. I did the calculation at the time because I was, you know, I was doing stuff. Uh, if if one or maybe even two of them went under, you still were ahead of the game. Yeah, if half of them went under, that would be another story. Yeah, but, but and actually, over a period of however many years he did this, eight to ten years, uh, his people out out returned 
just about everything else because not nowhere near the amount of 100 that you would expect it. Anyway, but now all of a sudden he's given people an alternative way to do business that the other guys are sitting there going, hey, that, that's my business. And sure enough, the guy gets a little bit, you know, too, too, high, too, high, too high in his drawers and gets accused, starts getting involved with guys like Ivan, Bo- Ivan Bosky and people. And uh, it sounds like I wrote, I wrote the book. I didn't. That's so I'm dying to read it. But and, I, and then he gets allegedly gets involved in this insider trading scheme. And I think didn't Ivan Bosky didn't he testify against him or something? I think he yeah, did. I don't remember Bosky's uh, uh, role involved, in the prosecution. But he was involved somewhere. And all of a sudden, the guy ends up in jail. You know, and I, <laughs> out of all all the crap that Solomon and Goldman and Morgan pulled, I'm sure this was nothing compared to anyway. So the guy ends up in jail. And, and the moral of the story is. You sort of can't tease the guys that are in power. And uh, I'm, I'm sort of leading into this Trump situation. And uh, for those that have listened to the show forever know that I absolutely detest the man. I want him nowhere near the Oval Office. I don't want him anywhere near the bar I'm in. I surely don't want him in a trading pit with me. But uh, there is no question, in, in my mind anyway, and surely with all the Trumpers, and I can't believe I'm agreeing with him on something, that this is a crusade against this guy. Now, granted, he's probably guilty of a bunch of crap, but so, and you should never do well, this. Well, it, it, it is amazing, too, that within 24 hours of any big breaking news on the Biden family's activities, there's a, a something new that they're throwing at Trump. Yeah. As, uh, really as if it had been written and it's just sitting there on the shelf waiting for the uh, the go sign. Okay, time time to pull the next one out. Um, it, it it is, you know, one of the uh, one of the great insults that you get is uh, is that you're obvious, you know. Yeah. It's, um, and and this just seems so obvious. Well, I um, what he what he, and maybe, you know, I, I don't I don't know about this, Kevin. I honestly don't. I, I'm flipping around in my own feeble brain. The man has essentially, in in a couple of groups before him, have ter- have totally tossed out any confidence that any American might have had in their government. Now, whether or not he's doing it on purpose or whether it's just the way it's always been and, and you know, he's he just happens to be in a spot where it's become, like you say, more obvious, I don't know. But I, I, mean, I listen to the guy, the Department of Justice guy, and I, you know, as you know, I've, I've been railing forever on all these laws that kind of hang around and nobody does anything with. Well, and, and and I absolutely, I abhor anybody who, the minute you say, uh, Kevin was speeding, somebody says, well, Greg was speeding too, because it, it's not about Greg, it's about Kevin at this point. And this this is about Trump. It's it's not about Hillary. It's not about uh, Biden's kid. It's not about. But really, the question has to come up: Does anybody believe that Hillary's charitable worldwide charity was anything other than a way to get? Foreign money into a campaign that's against the law here, Does or just in, or just into hers and bills in the family's or, or, pockets. Well, you know, well, it, but it's paying or it, paying it, because for, it because it was a lifestyle there. But I, I, um, I, but it had more to do with paying for people that also worked on the campaign. If 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 it, they did it on their own, I don't care what they did, Kevin. I honestly don't. But but clearly this law is there for a reason. What's the reason? You really don't want people from Saudi Arabia and places like that contributing to our presidential campaign. Now, if you believe that that law is a real law, then I suppose you should enforce it, okay? Now, I, I happen to believe that, that Trump was an absolute moron and did encourage these people to do this stuff. 
And if you're going to prosecute all of them, well, you can't ignore him. I, I get that part. Now, whatever you shouldn't prosecute them. Well, ex- you know. Except that his words, his words on on the day of in his speech were co- totally contrary to what right. Um, I, I, you know what the claim is here. Well, what, you know, I'm saying there there is a grand jury. They saw some stuff. But but my point is now now since we didn't use this quote law against Hillary, I'd be all for getting rid of it, even though I really don't want. Saudi people contributing to our campaigns here, but obviously they are, and, and and nobody's going against it because if it's the right person, it's okay. So my view, my South Side view, is let's get rid of the friggin' law, or are we going to leave it on the books so someday, someday we talk Carl into running as a third party president guy, and some lady who listens to the show in London that's seventy five years old sends Carl a check for fifty bucks and we put Carl in jail. Are we, we going to leave it there just for that or what? Yeah, or or we weaponize it some uh, yeah. some other way. So I I think that's a big problem. I I think the uneven application, you know, that that you can go after a guy for documents and and hey, he's got them. They, I mean, they're right. He's got them. Um, he he's got things, he, uh, documents he's not allowed to have anymore, and may have even spoken about uh, to people about the content of those documents who don't have clearance. So I think that's all true. But at the same time, to have ignored um, Hillary Clinton's handling of documents and the documents that they found found not from Biden's days as president, but from Biden's days as vice president and as a senator, um, that uh, you know that that he had no clearance. There, there's no argument that he should have had that, and to just ignore that is is just crazy. And uh, you know, I I this is. You know, this is part of the story. Is just that the application of justice is so uneven. Um, it's it's the same kind of thing that you've uh, you've railed about a little bit, eh, at least along the same lines with uh, um, Blagojevich. Uh, that you know, yeah, did he do? You know, was he wrong? But but did did Blago ever get any money? No. Did Blago uh, talk about getting money? Yes. Well, that's the latest ones. Is they're they're just saying Trump discussed, you know, uh, w- you know what he what he thought, and and it's pretty hard to say that he did it disingenuously in that he really believed to the contrary because he's continued to bitch about the uh, uh, the election all these years later. So you know you can't say he's just do he did it to rile people up, uh, you know that that. That doesn't hunt. It's it. It's just a really weird situation, and I'm with you. I don't want him to be president. I, you know, I I I want somebody else to be president. I don't. I can't handle the drama, but if he is, you can believe the revenge tour is going to be well, pretty darn interesting. If nothing else, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I just won't pay attention to him. But here, they didn't the first time. But here, here's well, my here's well, my. You, yes, you will. Well, I mean, uh, the the actually is pretty strong. Um. I'm, I'm, I'm saying is that what, what it's done, Kevin, is I, I, I find correlations between this is going on, people's total lack of any sort of, uh, uh, you know, confidence in any kind of policing out of anything, here in Chicago for sure. Uh, I mean, I, I find that abhorrent. I mean, the way in this morning, I couldn't have been, this, my, my ride in is like eight minutes. I saw a guy pull around me to go through a red light, okay. I saw another guy go down North Avenue, had to be 50 miles an hour in the right lane, then swung from the left lane and made the left turn onto the expressway. This is all within 
a minute of my house. I mean, no, nobody cares about any of this crap. Now we I have s- become a very lawless society from top down, down. top and, and, to bottom. And, and God, and if, if the guy going 50, if he'd have been pulled over by a cop, which could never happen in Guys, I'm pretty sure they're focused on something else, like, you know, murders. And well, but, that, but, but that, that's <laughs> their story. Yeah. That's, that's their story. I believe it, though. But, but you know what, that 20% you know what, down. Well, the uh, you know, there, there is the... Uh, um, the notion that the uh, broken windows approach has uh, uh, has value. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't buy that because uh, first of all, except, I would, except that its track record was pretty darn good. Yeah, but I, no, I'm saying no, that I buy. It, but I'm, the idea, I, I think the Chicago police are leaderless. I think they're 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 outmaneuvered. They're outgunned. They they have nobody tracking people on the internet. The inter- the, the, the the teenagers seem to be able to organize better than the police. Yeah, they're working their ass off. But the fact is, a lot of them have retired. How many did you say are working on, on Johnson's personal detail? 150? 149. 149? What did Mayor Daly had two people on his detail? 149, why? Because 150 is just too darn many? Yeah, but why, yeah, why 149? <laughs> why stop there? Well, you know, I, John Flanagan was saying the other day that whenever he, he, did, he did some work for the census and he did some census on Lori Lightfoot's block, he said the place was loaded with cops. Which he haven't heard, 65 or something? Some number. I mean, what, 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 what are we doing here? Kevin? I mean, the, the the idea of anybody stopping anybody, and and, and everybody will say, well, if I was a policeman, I wouldn't stop anybody. Okay, I don't, I don't, I, I, I get it. <clears throat> but if I hire somebody to go down the floor and trade, say I hired Greg to go down the floor and trade, and Greg goes, "Geez, Chief, you have an idea what bad can happen when you trade? You could lose. You have an out trade, so you're never going to trade." Well, no, I'm never going to trade. It's way too dangerous. Well, then why exactly am I paying you to be a trader? I'm saying, yeah, I mean, and, and that is the, the truth. That's police just retire. Now, I, I get that some of them aren't going to retire because they're so close to you know pensions and and so on. So again, we have you know we we have a, a lousy organization in general. Um, if you've ever been around a really poorly run, uh, poorly led company, um, you know you know you you just know it. You can, and and I can I can see it from the outside looking in. Uh, it, for the most part, and and so you know, this is just experience. I can smell it. You know, it's well, I, uh, and, and so that comes into that. That's part of the equation too. But you mentioned a uh, a uh, well, the guy who's been a, the interim interim chief now for for how long? He came out of retirement. They're going to pay him eighty grand for like two months or something. That's not bad. It's good work if you can get it. Uh, you know, but I I, I guess I, I, I missed the application deadline. Yeah, otherwise, I, I don't. I don't. When you this whole concept of I think they can retire at fifty-five. If you're in, that whole kind, I think you can retire whenever you damn well please, Kevin. But you don't get a check to your sixty-five. This is bull. You can't do that. You can't have somebody work for twenty years and pay him for another fifty. Who, who can afford that? Well, that's that's a different. That's a different financial problem. Well, but it's that's, that's an actuarial problem. But I'm saying take retire at fifty-five, go do something else, and and you get your check at sixty-five, or you get another you, at, at 55 you're getting too old whatever you don't feel like being out on the streets anymore people shooting at you. I, I surely get that guess what you're going to you're going to work in, in in the in the police district you're going to you're going to trace you know track down all the internet crimes that nobody cares about now and nobody will never even trace you're going to you're going to concern yourself with the people who put the little stickers in everybody's ATM machines and every bar on the street you're you're going to do that stuff you're not going to carry a gun. You're going to you're going to do internet stuff. You're going to do something. We're going to retrain you. We're not going to pay you for ten years. Sorry, 
But we can't afford it. <laughs> we can't afford it. Just, just can't do it. Yeah. So, so what you're saying is we're doing it all wrong. <laughs> all, everything. Everything. This goes. You know. Remember that article I sent you? Everything is broken. Yeah. Well, I <laughs> everything. Mean, the uh, the people in, in uh, for those that uh, this is probably you know what Greg, do me a favor, check this out. I think doesn't California still have like incredible amounts of people that are in jail when they when they did that three and out stuff? They got people in there for stealing three bikes that have got like a lifetime. I don't know if that's winding its way through or whatever, but for a while. I think I read somewhere, and this, this can't be right, Kevin. This cannot be right, but I, I know I read it. it. Said the biggest voting block in California were were people that work in jails. I, I would have, I would just have guessed it was teachers, and I, and I still think it probably is teachers. This article must have been wrong, but there's a massive voting. But these dudes, I think you can sign up there when you're 22. I think you get retired at 20, 25. I I, I mean I I think working in a jail would be a really tough job, and boy, you know maybe 20 years is long enough. But you don't get a pension at forty-two or forty-five. You get to go do something else for a while. I mean, those those, however, are just uh, election-related bribes. Yeah, we'll run down. Um, and, and 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 this is you know this is what public sector unions do all the time. They they support um, they support their candidates, and their candidates pay them back. By making sure that they have really, really sweet deals, whether it's for pensions, whether it's for uh, you know other benefits, whether it's for salary negotiations and, and everything else, and and they just see to it, and then they vote as a block in favor of, and it is it is generally Democrats, but I'm not prepared to say it's 100% Democrats, um, but that it, it, it's a standard tactic, and all it is is money laundering, that you know you're just basically the the state's going to do its giveaway. Um, and uh, the giveaway goes into the pockets of the people who are going to turn around, and they're going to donate it to the campaigns of the candidates that they want, and put their financial support and their arms and legs behind those candidates. I would, I would guess, Kevin, that uh, even though uh, goes on the right, I'm not, you know, I'm not accusing you. Maybe I just did. If you were to look at the Chicago Police Department right now, you would find out that on a local election, they're going to vote for somebody who greases them. National election, I will say, they're eighty percent. Seventy-five percent Republican. The Trumpers, I, I would have no way of agreeing or disagreeing with that. I mean, I, the, the, those that I know now are all Trumpers. I mean, well, they they probably like you know it's like um, Michael Moore said it's just a giant middle finger to the establishment. Yeah, and, and, um, and, establishment and, and, and I think there is a fair amount of that sentiment, and that's a lot of what's behind Trump. And and you know what? He he didn't drain the swamp. He didn't do any. He, he didn't accomplish that. Of course, he was kind of tied up in uh, investigations and they yeah. and, and well, impeachments and things like that. So they definitely did throw roadblocks in his way. But I imagine that the establishment people are pretty scared of him getting it back into the office now because it, it will be a rampage. Like I said, it's going to be the revenge tour. Is that healthy for the country? Well, no. Is it, it you know, will it will it have a certain amusement value? Yeah, I'm sure it will. Um, and it may wind up being a big catalyst for change, but it just may be awful too. Well, if the dude would have spent the last four years realizing I mean, if it, if it were me, I'd say, boy, I, I was not prepared for this job. I thought I was, and I wasn't. If I'm sitting there reading everything I possibly can and talking to people and all that stuff preparing for the next four years, I, I, I'd love it. <laughs> but, I, but I don't see him doing that. I mean, I don't know. He's been bitching about the, uh, yeah. you know, the election results instead. He's, he's st- he, just, he doesn't have the emotional maturity to at least let it go publicly. 
Um, when Roosevelt he have the impulse control for it. When Roosevelt was elected his first time, and I'm, you know, I'm not, the, the man wasn't perfect, but he certainly had, uh, according to Armin Hammer, who pretty much knew everybody around the world, guy lived there forever. So without question, Roosevelt was the smartest man he ever met. And uh, when he, he he won the election in, in uh, November, in those days you weren't you weren't put into office till March. When I read that, I'm like, wow, I, I, I had no idea that was that's the way it was. You weren't put in the office till March. They said between November and March, the guy had people scheduled in from every industry, every walk of life, virtually every 20 minutes for however many months that was to listen about their industry, what was going on with them, what's going and he had said, an absolutely photographic memory of just about everybody who came in and what, and what their and what their stuff was. I mean, I don't I don't see Trump doing that. Do you? I mean, I'm not even close. But I mean, um, I you know I don't know. He's he's got a lot of you know CEO level contacts everywhere. He always has. So you know he he may be more schooled in that than we think. Um, I I you know I don't know. I I think he's you know god awful at at hiring people so if he was really going to change things would he have had the uh, former chair of the D, uh, RNC as his chief of staff and Reince Priebus I don't think so um, and and look at some of the other people you know there there were a few good hires that he had in his uh, administration yeah. but there were some god awful ones well, and some and some that were you know total swamp I mean who you know hire hire the former Merck CEO to run uh, HHS and see what happens when you have a pandemic and you have to ramrod drugs through and ramrod immunity through you know try that and see yeah, and see yeah, how yeah. that works out um, you know and, and you can you can just go down the list and 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 you can start you know documenting all of these you know awful people and and he was a big fan of Fauci he was very impressed oh, yeah. with Fauci for the longest time um, so you know you you get all of these things, and of course he's trying to rewrite the history of all of it now. Uh, but uh, you know, but well, it, we got a break here, but, but it's, just... it, it's on it's on video. So <laughs> well, there there was a we got a break here, but one comment. I, evidently, there actually were tapes even back in Kennedy's days in the in the Oval Office. And from from what I have read anecdotally about Trump, is that he didn't want to come to any meetings, didn't really know much of the detail. The idea was he had such a sense, such a gut feel of the world, that if you brought him a problem, that even totally unprepared, he would make the right decision. I don't, know, I don't know about that. And, and yet, no, yeah, I, I would not agree with that. And, you know, and, the, and Kennedy was, they said he once he got his feet wet in the Oval Office, and he got well, he got a lot of things wet in the Oval Office, but he, uh, he said, no matter what, the dude read so much that if it was the oil people, if it was the missile people, whatever it was, at the table. Like within 20 minutes into the conversation, you realize he knew just as much, if not more, than the people he was in there with, on virtually every subject. I mean, a man had a mind like a, like a, you know, like a magnet. Well, it, it is, but that's that's not even the skill. Um, because I, I understand that uh, Trump would get like a a two-inch stack of you know of stuff to read every day that was uh, you know that was all out of newspapers news outlets etc so that was that was where he spent his reading time and that's all fine I, and 
uh, you know, I don't, I don't care so much about that as I do, is the real skill that you get out of being that well educated is learning how to ask the right questions, and that requires a certain humility to say, I don't care how much I've read, I want to hear what other people think, right. and I want to put that into action, and uh, and I don't know that that's high in his skill set. What he would do is he would get impressed by somebody and give total deference to him until he was suddenly no longer impressed by that person. Or, or the first time the guy disagreed with him. SP Futures down 21. He has a Futures down 114. We'll come back and we'll talk about this Fitch cut here, although we're going to save some of that for Russell. We'll be right back, Stocks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. You don't like your job. You don't strike. You just go in every day and do it really half-assed. That's the American way. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here. Right now. Right here. Right now. Right now. Long off back, Stocks and jocks. Love that one. SB Futures down... Uh, 22, Nasdaq Futures down 112, Dow Futures down 107, individual stocks, Goldman Sachs down 240, Microsoft down 214. Microsoft, I mean, this thing shot way the hell up. Let me check this chart out here just real quickly. Yeah, Microsoft's down from, uh, how was it? It was uh, 350 uh, two weeks ago, and now it's, uh, now it's 334, so it's down some. Um, in fact, where was the tippy top here? I mean, Already making my a little bouncing ball in a graph. I'm gonna say three three fifty eight something like that. Anyway, uh, so it's down you know twenty bucks from its high. Over in Europe, we've got the Dax down one twenty three point eight percent. FTSE down seventy seven, a full one percent. Cac around down as much, only down forty one point six percent. 
Your markets lower as investors digest earnings and U.S. rating downgrade. You need a probiotic to digest earnings? I don't know. We'll see about that. Uh, we have the Nikkei down 768. That's 2.3%. That's a lot. Hang Seng down 493. The dreams of being over 20,000 dash today. It's 2.5%. 19,517. Shanghai down 29.9%. Uh, I wonder if some of this has to do with this uh, uh, House Representatives investigation of BlackRock. You know, who, who knows? Yesterday, Dow was up 71. S&P down 12. NASDAQ down 62. We've got bonds. Uh, they're down three basis points, but still over 4% this 10-year, 4.02. The Bund down 5, 2.47. Uh, Japan up 4.63. It's a long way from the 0.50. It's supposed to be the top of that thing. Oil up another 63 cents, 82 dollars even. Rent up 57 cents, 85.48. Natural gas down a penny, 254. Arbob up three cents, 290 on the Arbob. So um, be careful filling up. Gold up 11 bucks. 1990, trying to get back over 2000. Silver up 22 cents, 24.55. Copper down 2 cents, 388. We've got Bitcoin up 265, 29,508. And we have the uh, US dollar, um, sort of is, actually, it's like flat. 109.7 against Europe and the uh, euro, and uh, 1.28 against the British pound. So flat, I'm kind of surprised at that. What do you have for us, Traffic Weather Sports? Uh, morning, everyone. 6.39 a.m. Chicago here at 70. It's going to be 88 today, partly cloudy and humid. Uh, today in Phoenix, 93 right now, 109 today, mostly sunny. Um, Kennedy to Montrose, 20 minutes. Montrose to Interchange, 20 minutes, excuse me. Edens, Lake Cook to the Interchange, 36 minutes. Ike Wolf to the Interchange, 26 minutes. Dan Ryan, 95th to the Interchange is 17 minutes. Stevenson. Uh, 294 of the Dan Ryan is 26 and the Bishop Ford is about 27 minutes um, I-80 to the interchange let's see we've got the Sox shut out by the Rangers 0-2 to Cubs win 20-9 <laughs> that's a big one at Wrigley and the Diamondbacks lose 3-4 to to the Giants um, otherwise Aaron Rodgers says I'm very happy with the contracts and his restructured deal in the NFL and that's a uh, I think it took away about $35 million from his his contract. Well, probably was 35 he was never going to get. Yeah. So well, that's they, all I got for you. Also, it was also 35 that they, they need to spend on some, putting some talent around him, and he knows it's this is legacy time for him. Yeah. Well, do they? Uh, can you still – what's the free agent market look like this late, late in football? What does $35 million do to the team now? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I go back and look at their roster, but – you know, it seems to me that uh, it it might have been just that they needed to pay some people. That uh, you know that there were some contracts coming up, and they needed to do extensions to uh, keep everybody happy and keep everybody in the fold. I, I I'd have to go back and look because I can't say I follow the Jets that closely. But I will say that you know he's he has obviously he's got a strong legacy with the Packers. Um, but now this is you know this is when you become a legend now you go to another team and you do it there too Peyton Manning winning in Denver yeah Peyton Manning winning in Denver Tom Brady winning in Tampa you know it's it's those kinds of things it's just it's you know this is what makes people talk about you as one of the uh, um, greatest of all time the uh, yeah uh, but I, 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 I'm surprised though Kevin because it seems like all the free agent moves if, it's not like they he gave him 35 mil to go get a tackle. I think it's too late to do that, right? Yeah, it probably is. Yeah, unless unless there's a deal to be made somewhere. But, you know, pro- it probably is too late to add. 
Um, Speaking of adding, uh, the Saksher subtracted. I, I can't believe in this in this day and age, even though the media loves this trade deadline and all these people flying. But are we buyers? Are we sellers? Yeah, how many zillion useless words? And I'm about to say a few more. Uh, I've been on talk radio regarding this guy's doing that. This, it's such crap, Kevin. I mean, the idea that these teams disintegrate themselves for the last, well, I'm going to say 40 percent of the year. And put out you know, some teams let young guys up and they actually do okay. I, I get it, but but by and large, you, you pissed away the op- the opera singer the night before I paid for my ticket. I mean, in my mind, I mean, it, you know, this is a business for God's sake. I I paid for well, something. Well, it, it's a, it's a business on two counts, and this is a hard balance to strike. And the White Sox are terrible at it. Um, so it's it, it's a as a leader as a CEO, you have to steer your business to do what's best for the long haul, what's going to make you long-term successful, and even at the expense of whatever the short term is. Um, You know, there are just a lot of times that you have to do that, and it's a really, you know, it's a way to run the business, and if you don't, you're not serving your customers well, and you're not serving your stakeholders well. On the other hand, um, it's exactly what you said. People buy their tickets in advance, and they're not getting what, you know, what they paid uh, uh, paid to get, so I, you know, I don't know how you balance that, but a lot of that has to do with being, you know, to some extent, of a very likable organization, and the White Sox are not, you know, from management on down through the players, they're just not very likable at all. Well, you hope, plus hope springs eternal. I know, I know that the when the Cubs did that in 2014, it was like the second time it happened to me, and we said we're out. Man, yeah, and yeah. and you, that's a decision that you know that well, like I said, you have you have a balance. You 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 know you you're making a decision that you're going to do something that's uh, benefits for the long haul. Yeah, it will cost you some business now, um, and uh, but you you know you can make the argument that that's still the right thing to do. Well, you know one um, thing take is- take it out of, take it out of the sports world, take it yeah. out of the entertainment world, and you'll th- you know you might think a little differently about it. Well, I mean, you could never <clears throat> get away for signing a ticket for Pavarotti, and then all of a sudden he doesn't show up. I mean, you could never, you could never get away with that in the opera business. Then, if you can't, that's you know that's part of the judgment call that goes into it, isn't it? Well, I guess, but I mean, the the, the part that well, a lot of things aggravate you as you get older, but the, the, <laughs> the thing that aggravates me more most waking up in the morning yeah, sometimes yeah. aggravates me. That's the truth. But one thing I I hate like hell to have this discussion for lack of a better term, uh, with somebody, you know, even my, my, my best man, Matt Weber, that has never had season tickets. Oh, well, it's a bit, what's the problem, you know? Well, the problem is I just paid 65 hours four times for 25 more games, and I can't give them away. Well, that's a problem. I, I mean, if I, could, if I could use them for business and actually give them to somebody, that's okay, you know, a client or whatever. You can't even give them away. That's that's kind of a lot of dough, Kevin. <laughs> and, and, and if it's not your dough, it doesn't doesn't quite feel the same way, does it? No, it doesn't. So yeah, I, I, so I I really do get your point, I, and and I'm not saying you're wrong for that point of view, um, but I'm also trying to put myself in the uh, uh, in, in the shoes of the guy who's running the business and saying, you know, if this is going nowhere, we can't keep doing well, it this way. I, I, I uh, get so so. Where are you going to go from there? On a baseball part, I get that part. But if I have my if I if I all of a sudden cut fifty million in payroll, well, which I'm only doing for forty percent of the year, 
that's 25, 20 to 22 million bucks. It shouldn't be that easy to just screw not just your fans, but baseball fans. There, there's some, some sort of a penalty, I think. Yeah, all those people that bought the Apple TV package are going to have to pay for this crap, too, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and somehow, some way, if, if you drop your, your, uh, your payroll by 40% on one day and just say, the hell with it, don't care about the rest of the year, I don't know that that, that isn't, shouldn't be some sort of a league... You shouldn't have to pay for that or something. I yeah, I, I don't think teams worry too much about their payroll at trade deadline time anymore. There was a time when it was a salary dump. I don't think they do that as much. I think they, they get kind of get locked in with what their salary is this year, and that's the budget, and that's where they're going to go. And some teams actually will say, okay, now we're in a position to go for it. Let's take on a little more salary than the budget uh, than the budget said we'd have. I don't think that's really the issue. The issue is, can you really fleece somebody? You know, can you really twist some arm twist somebody into giving you something that's going to be much more valuable for the long term than anything I, you I, have? I get that. You know, now I don't. I don't get. You know, I don't know that they got anything substantial for Lance Lynn. I don't know what they got for Kendall Graveman. You know, as, as you go looking at those, I think the guy they got for Berger. Um, Probably, you know, pretty highly rated arm, a highly rated prospect might work out. Um, but again, you talk about the White Sox and likability, the, you know, that may be uh, their most likable player and they sent him packing. Um, because, because the guys that play the same positions he plays, you know, they're entrenched. They've, they've committed dollars there. Uh, and they can't they they can't get rid of those guys, so they have to you know they they have they have limited commodities. They've really mismanaged things themselves, and that shows up in their decision making as well. I'm kind of surprised um, the Cubs that the odd man out was. Now that I think about it, Mancini is the odd, odd man out, and they're paying him like seven million bucks. Yeah, so they they didn't worry so much about the salary. He just wasn't playing. He wasn't good. Well, but I um, think the difference is between him and. Uh, uh, it had to be one of the three guys, him and Madrigal and, Will, and Wisdom. But the other two guys have, have shown that they can play a diff- bunch of different positions. Even Wisdom played pretty well in the outfield. So, I mean, those guys are much more valuable, I think, than, than the first baseman is never going to play. Yeah, but I do think that Wisdom is now the new lowest man on the totem pole because he's been fighting a losing battle to the Mendoza line all year. Yeah, but, you know, but the guy does have some power, which... Yeah, and and he's a reasonably good athlete, so he can he can play multiple positions, and so he has more value value than Mancini did. But now, as you start going through again, you know now you start assessing the value, and you're going to say, well, uh, okay, now now he is, uh, you know, last. Well, actually, uh, um, the catcher Tyler. Buckman or whatever, or, yeah, whatever he is. He, he's Barnhart, 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 Tyler Barnhart. But he's a pretty good catcher, so they have that. They have that, and you know they're trying to nurse uh, a rookie along in a backup spot too. So I, I sort of get why he's still around, but uh, but he can't hit. He you know no. he can't hit for. He's the only guy we couldn't get hit last night. Where Wills did. I, I think he actually did wind up getting a hit late in the game. But I was thinking that when uh, when I was watching his watch, he'll be the only it, guy who goes but, hitless. But nothing could be nothing in sports could be harder. Well, it's then. Well, first of all, nothing in sports is harder than hitting a major league baseball. I guess you could say, you know, boxing or jockey or something. But I mean, as a, as a skill, and yet if you only play one day a week, it's got to make it ten times harder. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, I it's, you know, so. what's interesting about the Bellinger situation is the Cubs essentially were a buyer to a guy in their own team, right? 
They, they well, just like yeah. pick, just like picking up another guy for six months, they kept the guy for six months. Yeah. Did you read the stuff I sent you about qualifying yeah. offers? Uh, yeah, I didn't think so. all the way through it. But now they're going to get a they're going to get a, a if, if he leaves, which he probably will, they get a pick between the first and second round for losing him. Yeah. Correct? So so what they have to do is you have to make a qualifying offer to the player. Now what I, does that that's mean? all that's all a formula about how much you have to offer the guy. And then he can turn it down and become a free agent. It's a one-year deal, but it, it's sort of like uh, in football. It, it, it in in theory or in philosophy is like um, what what are they uh, doing the franchise tag? Uh, except that the guy can turn it down. You franchise tag uh, a guy in football, he has no choice. He, it's either accepted or don't play. Um, so uh, so you know that that's basically how it works is uh as they can they and you can you know it, it has to do with where the guy is in the career whether he has been uh, received a qualifying offer in the past a whole bunch of factors it's you know it's pretty long and convoluted but but in the end what you're really saying is that in uh, bellinger's case if they make a qualifying offer and he says no i'm going to turn it down i want to become a free agent and they don't get him then they will get compensation in the draft. Now, on the other hand, um, pretty good concentrated. I mean, it's, it's oh, between yeah, the first yeah, and second round. It's, it's a it's a valuable draft pick. Now, in the case of um, Stroman, he is not eligible for a qualifying offer. He can't. They can't give him one. So, they've kept Stroman. If he walks at the end of the year, he walks. They get nothing for him. I thought there was some um, kind of a that, player option. That's why I would not have been surprised had they traded Stroman and just tried to pick up another pitcher. But I thought um, there was a, he has a player option that when he was going so good, he said he would never accept. But now he's, he's turned lousy. Yeah, now he he's might, played poorly. He might want to accept the player option. Yeah, he might uh, want to exercise it. So, but I, you know, uh, I, I, I'm as much as I like to see. Well, I'd love to see Major League Baseball not a monopoly, and I'd like to see guys being able to move easier, uh, s- certainly in the minor leagues. But I. I would as much as I really like the way this Bellinger guy plays. I mean, he hustles. He can play a couple positions. Uh, he surely is a guy that realized he was l- lousy for a while when he was injured, and all of a sudden he seems like he he likes the world. I mean, he seems like a decent guy. Really likes him. I I the idea of you know hundred million dollar contract for two hundred million for eight years. I, I'm not giving anybody that, Kevin. Yeah, I would be you know uh, I would be cautious about how long and how much I spend on him. So I'd love to see him back, but I don't know if, um, you know, if, if the math is going to work or not. You know, it, it, this was one thing that Jerry Reinsdorf that said was uh, um, uh, kind of true, is you're beholden to your stupidest competitor. <laughs> well, you know, that, that I'm going to say that that, from an economic world, one of my, well, I, was, I saw him at the, at the reunion, but one of my one of my better friends, uh, I learned a lot of the options stuff from, an absolute genius on options, a guy named Marty O'Connell. He's also a dramatic sports guy. A Notre Dame guy, he's probably 10 years older than us, uh, Kevin. Uh, he was there before. His senior year era just showed up, so his, his other three years were, like, pretty awful. Uh, anyway, he, he said, you know, what they, what they don't understand is the economics of the situation. I mean, Reinsdorf is a, is a brilliant businessman, I think. The idea that you only designate 5 or 10 or 15 people a year that could be game changers as the people you can auction off. I mean, Marty says that the, the smartest man, in, that the he played the egos of these owners to the extent they always wanted control in their mind, and he absolutely fleeced them. 
was the, was it Marvin Miller? Mm-hmm. He said for, the first thing you do is put only ten people available for auction. Now the value of those people, because the only ones available, is going to be some huge number higher than what their actual yeah, value would scarcity. be. Yeah, scarcity. Yep. And then which which would be okay, except he let these idiots also agree to a, an arbit or a, an arbitration. So if if you if you bid a left fielder who hits three ten or something up to ten million a year, all of a sudden every guy who hits three hundred is now worth nine million a year. Yeah, they go into the arbitration <laughs> go, hearing and, and do it's, comparatives. It's it's genius on their part. And the owners did they don't they still don't realize how they get fleeced by this deal. <laughs> Not, not, not that I'm well, feeling that, sorry that, for him, but is, this is why you know again at trade that line they talk about controllable years all the time. Yeah, you know, they, uh, they, I mean this this is all interesting business stuff to consider, but it really you know as as a baseball fan, I really care about the games. But when you ask yourself why somebody is paid twenty million and the next guy is paying making seven fifty, and he and he seems to be just about as good, it's because of this really contrived system, because. If if the if the second guy could could be a free agent, he'd probably be making five, and the guy who's making the twenty would be making six, right? I mean, if you just did this from a from a third grade economic way about doing it, and if everybody was a free agent, they they would actually pay people less probably, and it would they be much more. Probably would, yeah. and, and, and it would be a much eat more even. I'm, I'm just saying. I mean, I, I maybe maybe at the yeah, low end, but but now it would start to resemble. Uh, um, uh, college football with the tra- uh, relaxed transfer rules. Okay, well, <laughs> on to the next place. But even if you did it, uh, in, even if you did it in the minor leagues. But the idea of looking at a team, like you do, if you ever get a chance to do something really boring, pull up like five or six major league teams, and, and inevitably you're going to find what's what's the minimum nine something or seven something. Uh, you're going to you're going to find twenty million, eighteen, twenty, eighteen, seventeen, five, four, three, and then about. Twelve guys making seven eighty. I mean, what what other business w- would you ever see something like that, Kevin? Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, you know, sole proprietorship with employees. Uh, you know, the, maybe, uh, but you know, maybe the partners are making a lot and nobody else is. Well, but I'm saying it, it, it's it's really a weird way of doing business when you, when you think about it. Uh, we only got a couple of minutes. What, what uh, I'm not, you haven't spent all night on this, I'm sure. What do you think of the uh, Fitch downgrade and? And and also on the uh, BlackRock thing is the same guy who was telling about a, an incredible damage our country's had with, because of Trump. Now is he going to come out tomorrow and he's going to convene a a, a uh, uh, grand jury against BlackRock and these other guys for giving money to companies in China that we think are feeding their defense industry? Are, are they? It, gonna- it's it's interesting, um, you know, what happens when control of the uh, Congress changes because you know we saw. We saw what it was like having a Democratic Congress under Trump, um, where they just went after everything he did, and uh, now you're seeing what's happening with the Republican Congress under uh, under the Biden administration. I have to believe that BlackRock and, and and he and Biden and all his allies are uh, getting investigated. This is a very healthy way to run a country. Do you, you don't you don't think that the Republicans have gotten money from BlackRock? Oh, of course they have. So. No, but but no, but remember, it, it a becomes a matter of proportion, and b um, it becomes a policy issue too, because you have, you know, you have debate. Now, you know, I I think the Republicans would be very very smart to focus entirely on economic issues, or almost entirely on economic issues, uh, coming into the election cycle. 
um, because they have such a strong case to make. But um, uh, but by the same token, um, um, what's the case? They screwed up just as bad as the Democrats. Uh, sure, they did, but it, things have things have just gotten really, really bad under Democratic watch. Um, so it, it it doesn't matter who did it. It's it's a matter of who, well, be, you know who, well, who was we, in, in office at the time. Before we get to Fitch and whether how BlackRock is like three to two, uh, three to two towards Democrats. Okay. In yeah, twenty twenty, right. it was like it was two to one. But, I, but this I'm, one is three to two. But I'm going to say that uh, they are equal opportunity. Glad handers. Well, they they do have look the. Um, the the thing that and a lot of public republicans don't realize this but when you say who's your voter um in in it used to be that the average working person was a democrats voter and uh and and the uh, ceos and the you know the high levels of business were republican voters that's not true anymore no, the highest right. levels of business are very very left leaning um so um well the know, ones that the ones that are in the news are I mean, you have no. I mean, with all due respect, uh, you have no idea. Well, that usually leads in with some kind of insult to follow. No, no. What I'm saying <laughs> is, you, you know that the that uh, who's the knucklehead that owns a post? I always forget his name. Uh, is that Zuckerberg? Is it Bezos? Bezos. Bezos. Yeah, I mean, he, he comes out like he's a you know a, a flaming dem, but you and I have no idea what the what the political stuff is of the guy who runs Chevron. I mean, we don't we don't know who he is. We he's never he never we don't see him. There's a well, they they probably uh, you know ha- hate the Biden administration. Yeah, I'm saying so. Again, I'm, you know, know, I'm saying you, 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 there's there's a lot of these guys out there. I mean, I have no idea. Yeah, you know. but I, I'm not saying there aren't you know that it's 100 percent, Tom. I'm just telling you that at the high well, levels, of the key guys nowadays, it is very much left leaning. I'm gonna I'm gonna say you know, all you have to do is say, does this company have a diversity officer? And if the answer is yes. You're probably looking at a company. Well, I mean, there, um, there really is left leaning. But I'm, I guess I, I'm, I'm of the camp that they're all they're all Harold Janines from ITT. That the guy at Pfizer, he could care less who's in the, whoever he can pay off someplace and get his stuff out there, whether you need it or not. I don't yeah, think he, he, he cares about 80, the uh, the management class of the government, not yeah. the uh, uh, not the elected class. Yeah, I mean, if these, I mean, these guys. They, they, I don't think. I think they think that the guys in governments are pawns they got to deal with. I mean, maybe yeah, I would too. And, and it really does. It, it, you know, it, it, let's go back to what I just said. I really do, do think it is more about that management class of government and what they support there than it is about any elected officials. Well, and I, and I think they agree because everybody. That's where they. That's where they live is working on the regulatory well, state. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that the BlackRock now is is at least is in bed. What everybody in any financial committee and anybody as Goldman ever was, and they could care less whether they're Democrats or Republican. The money's going to flow. So in 2020, Chevron was actually a 60/40 Republican, and the the other one you were talking about was 60/40 Democrat. Right. Um, now that was 2020. They're back to their normal 80/20 right now uh, for for uh, Republicans. You mean yeah, where, where's their money going? Is it going to a candidate or is it going to the... Uh, I'm committee? on OpenSecrets.org. Yeah, yeah. Man, that, that's a good website. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of websites, I just lobby with this one, Kevin, because we'll have to continue this on Friday. Uh, when Fitch did their thing, and I'll lead in with Russell like this, 1960, after World War II and the Korean War and the Cold War, our federal debt-to-GDP ratio was 52%. By 1980, it was down to 34. 
by 2000 with you know a couple of wars on the credit card it's back up to 57 percent what do you suppose it is today this oh, is God, this 80. is a, <laughs> I don't know 123. Oh, 123. I thought 80 was preposterously high. Yeah, that's 123. So what this means is that our our the federal debt is 32, almost 33 trillion, and the GDP is uh, what the hell is it? It's a uh, it's, it's got to be what 29, 28. So it's less. What it means is we could stop all federal spending 100 percent of it for a year and still be in debt. Yeah. Without a, um, yeah. No. No. We we stop the entire economy for a year and still be in debt. It's it's bigger than the economy, not federal spending. Talk about the general the GDP. Okay. That's oh 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 yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> Expand your mind and see how bad it really is. I mean, how could you? U.S. gross domestic product is twenty six point five, and our debt's thirty two point seven. Hence the one twenty three. That's unbelievable. Anyway, SP futures are down 24. Nasdaq is down 20, 120. Uh, Kevin will continue this on Friday. I'm sure we'll have a bunch of stuff to talk about. Be right back, Stocks and Jackson. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, Give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-349. That's 708-349-3456 or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here. Right now. Right here. Right now. Right now. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here. Right now. Let's go. Hello, up here, Stocks and Jacks. I thought you had another little tune you were going to throw in there or something. Yeah, I, w- I was thinking about it. We don't have Russell yet, but we'll If we don't get it. him, we'll, we'll, he'll, we'll, he'll be in. We'll track somebody else, or else you got to give us real good stuff for like an hour. Yeah, I was looking at the California penal correction. Uh, they're not nearly as big as the teachers. No, I don't, I don't think. Uh, there's no way they could have been. I did read that once. They, they were, were uh, like teachers associations over 300,000. Uh, so it's like three. Oh, does that include all retired, too? Uh, I don't think that includes retired. It does say members, though, so it, so maybe. And then also, oh, it looks like Russell. It sounds like Russell. Yeah. And then uh, the. What do you mean? It sounds like me. <laughs> we were. We heard. We heard, <laughs> Got we, heard him. A, we heard a cough in the distance, and we figured that must be you. Got him. 
and the uh, what was it? California Department of Corrections was approximately uh, anywhere between sixty-six and and a hundred. Can I you figure out sure. how many retirees there are from there? For the which one? The corrections. The corrections. I'll, I'm on it. Anyway, hey, Russell, we thought you were uh, being headed out to Washington to talk about the Fitch uh, thing. Oh yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> I, I I love how much it's impacting stocks and everything else around the world. Well, a little bit. Um, how do you? Uh, I just ran out. I don't think you were listening, but I just ran out. I guess from the U.S. Debt Clock dot org, and uh, it's the U.S. This is just one one number, right? So you know, just one number in the in the abyss. U.S. federal debt to GDP ratio, say 1960 after uh, World War and Korea, Cold War we were at 52.6. 1980 we dropped down to 34.6. 2000 we're up to 56.9, so more than 1960. The number now is 123. So I guess you could call Fitz Fitch uh, anti-American. Didn't, didn't they do this last time? Didn't they get they got spanked for like a decade? Didn't they? They, they got, they feel like they got up. smacked for like a decade, but they, you know, it, it's not, you're not exactly um, making the world happy with you when you do something like that. But, but how do you, I guess or, one way would be. I, I, I just found the timing. It just seemed to be out of nowhere. Well, I, somewhere between, I guess my question is between 56.1 three years ago to 123, I'm going to say. What took you so long? <laughs> and what are the other guys like? When, where does the number have to be yeah. before before it's? No, a, that, go ahead. I, well, it, it's fun. It's funny because I I was teaching uh, that finished up teaching um, a couple of days ago, and uh, this quarter just a couple of days ago. And one of the things we talked about um, was uh, in the risk management part of derivatives and risk management was anticipating. Uh, credit rating changes and how you know they typically are, are showing up in the market already. I don't really think it, they've been, I, I, I don't feel like our debts looked any riskier at all based on the fundamentals. Um, so it made me, it, thank goodness the class is over because it makes me look kind of stupid because um, it looks like it came out of nowhere after I just kind of went on and on about if a company's going to experience a downgrade, it's going to show up in the uh, at, in a higher yield to maturity. And I don't I don't know if there was any indication whatsoever or not that that this was coming. It sure didn't seem like it. And uh, the one of the, one of the things I saw cited in an article, and maybe this is when you have a difficult time finding people to quote because something comes out uh, late in the day. But they based it on the, the the first part of the article I read was uh, this was based on the debt ceiling issue. Well, didn't didn't wasn't that like a few weeks ago? Well, I mean. I would say you know, that I just I I found that interesting is that being I mean I guess that might be part of it that we just can't um, put a cap on our spending, but I I just I thought it was funny that they were citing something from you know, a month and a half or so ago as as the initial reason. Um, well, I think all so of there. us, all the entire world would agree maybe that fifty six point nine even kind of high in two thousand. Uh, oh yeah, you shouldn't be above a hundred. No, and I'm saying okay. So I think everybody would agree <laughs> right. that the number was was 400. You're in deep doo doo. You're like the Weimar Republic. But where along the line do you do you do you, do you pop up an alarm? I mean, I'd say 123 is late. Yeah, the the the, the problem. 
I have grown up my whole life hearing how terrible the federal deficit is, and I don't think I have really experienced anything that I can that you know that, that's very negative in my life uh, that's associated with how much debt the federal government has been taking on. I know logically that it's bad, and logically there's going to be something that happens. Um, you know, either we're going to end up in a very bad global macro, macroeconomic situation um, where maybe you know things just get even worse for the U.S. And all of a sudden, we have a very difficult time borrowing money to keep maintaining that debt. If if we reach a point like that, it's sure going to affect everybody. And then it's just going to be a bunch of finger pointing time. You know, how how could we let it get this bad? How did Congress let it get this bad? Well, it's what it, it's been publicly known forever that we owe more than than we make in a year now. You know, how are you going to go about fixing that one? And well, I think the way that you're going to go about fixing it is. Um, you're just going to inflate our. We're, we're we're going to end up having so much inflation that it pushes it down as a percent of GDP. I I when you gave the number, I guessed 110. So you were Couldn't much closer, me, but I guessed. Oh, you're I much closer than Kevin. I I knew it was over 100. Uh, 123 was was worse than I thought it was. I I thought we were, I thought we we you know we're like a, a whack a mole where the where it might be possible for it to get back under 100. Uh, if it again if we just kind of in, inflate our way out of it. I but am I think the smartest that's what, what's going to end up happening. That's you, Russell. You're the smartest man alive. I am? Why? Because I said we're going to inflate our way out well, of you it. You know, it's, it's sort of interesting. I was on uh, two things. One is I was on uh, Joan Esposito invited me on her show, which she did several times. Uh, but she never invited me back after this one because I said something she didn't, didn't want to hear, I think. Uh, she oh, was, you can't do that. Oh, I know, I know. I, uh, <laughs> you know, she's a, such a sweetheart. I, I, I really like her, and she had a nice career and a whole bit. And she does a nice job on her show. Uh, but he, she uh, said something about, well, what, what is the, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about the federal deficit. And she said something about, well, the same thing you just said, basically. She goes, well, it doesn't really, it hasn't really affected me. And I said, well, it sort of does because, the debt per taxpayer is two hundred fifty-three thousand bucks, and by the way, you're a taxpayer. I mean, you know, it's basically on your head. It, I mean, it's not, and on, on mine too. I mean, it doesn't feel mm-hmm. like there's a weight there every day. But I said, look at what happened in the city of Chicago, when all of a sudden, uh, in the state or something. That might be per household, chief. I don't uh, know if that's per per debt taxpayer. per citizen is ninety-seven thousand. Debt per taxpayer is two fifty-three. According to this thing. Interesting. Um, uh, yeah, the, the, and, and that, those numbers add up because uh, I mean the the actual working class is about quarter quarter of the number of people out there. Well, ninety seven thousand times yeah. three hundred and thirty yeah. million comes out to thirty three trillion, which is what the number is, right? Yeah. Anyway, so I said, yeah. so I go, uh, John, look look what's happened in the city. I said, you know, well, all of a sudden the city have to has to have somewhat of a budget, a balanced budget, and they didn't. Now in in the when the Rom the Rom Father administration, he kept the line on property taxes. But if you looked at the number, I just read the article too before the, I went on the show. If you look at the number of all the fee increases he did, parking fees, this that, and the other crap, it essentially was the equivalent of a forty five percent increase in property taxes. And the next term, he actually increased the property taxes by forty five or fifty percent. So your, your taxes have essentially doubled in the last eight years. Yeah. I said so. When you when when you say how what's the, what's the issue here? At some point, 
these guys are going to have to, as much as I, I, I'm appalled by paying these guys more of another dime, uh, that's that's going to be the 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 concern. That's going to be the solution. I mean, maybe you can you can grow out of it somewhat, but you're really not going to be able to. Did you look? And as, this is Carl brought this up, and since he did, I've been I've been thinking about it every day. Like now, hopefully not every minute. Realize that that the that the federal receipt. If you listen to CNBC and all these talking heads that want you to send them money and put it in the market just straight up. Uh, by the way, I manage money, so I'm not. I'm kind of calling my own gang here. Yeah. But, uh, but the that the the federal receipts are like four hundred billion dollars less than last year. How how yeah. how are we not in some definition of a recession when your tax receipts are down on the year over year? I mean, what? Yeah, about and 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 why are they down? I, I have no idea, man. I, mean, I, I, I was mean, hoping why, you had a you had a. You had a isn't, isn't this guy the? Isn't he? Doesn't he want to tax tax us back to the Stone Age and? Well, I mean, so I, we, uh, I mean yeah. somehow or another, I mean, what, what would even cause that? I mean, well, the the COVID year when they sent people all that dough, I have mm-hmm. to I have to believe that those particular years there was a big bulge. I mean, when you sent, I mean, I mean there had to be income taxes paid by airlines it went from and all three point four two trillion collected to four point oh five trillion in twenty twenty one. Yeah, but no, I don't know why it would be down so much this year to last year, but but it is, and uh, you know I. Let me, let me get the actual numbers up here. I'll, I'll find it. But it's, I mean, I, the idea that somehow or another things aren't slowing down and people aren't hurting a little bit. I mean, where 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 are we getting that? I don't I don't I don't see that. I mean, uh, I don't. We have a, we have an entire society that can't move, right? Right, Russell? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I just, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pondering the whole, you know. Unless it's just less in income tax receipts, I mean, what 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 is their other revenue source? Um, funny you should mention it. I will. It says uh, revenues uh, going up. Uh, I well look look at the MTS is the the actual Treasury statement. I'll dig it up in a second. I'm seeing I'm seeing U.S. government total revenue estimations for 2023 is 4.71 trillion. All right. Um, or, yeah. Yeah, but. All right. Let me let me. What what have they what have they actually collected? Guy. He's always a challenge kind of guy, this, this Greg. Well, Isn't that what you pay me for? Needs, yeah, somebody, somebody needs some, to Somebody be. needs to, I get it's it. It's supposed to be the foil. But, but, but the problem is, I just, I just, <laughs> I just killed the page. I just, I just dropped the page, like, like 20 minutes before the show. So now you ask me to get it back up here, but I will. Can't get it up? I, well, you know, it's, uh, that's, what they have, that's what they have those things for, you know. You know, yesterday's yeah. show was a good title. What was, was the title? Firm on pullout. Yep. That was a great, a great headline back in the day. Russell Nixon remains firm on pullout. Yeah, just saying. Uh, I'm looking at last year the total receipts. Now again, this is uh, October to September, correct? Last year the total receipts are four, eight, nine, six. This year with uh, three months to go, we're three, four, one, two. So we are. If you if you add up the three months of last, so we're back year, to normal. No, well the last month, three months of last year, it's two sixty nine, three oh three. So we're talking. Five seventy-two plus four eighty-seven. That's another trillion. No, if you had another aren't, trillion, aren't you're still cor- done. Aren't corporate, aren't corporate profits under pressure? Yeah, but I'm saying if you, if you, no, so uh, even if you I, had, I, a, I'm just thinking. I'm, I, I, you know, we hear how strong the labor market is. But this is where I'm kind of going with all this. Well, that's my point. Is, you, you hear? Is it really? Yeah. That well, that's that's where I'm going with that. That is, um, you know, if if the tax receipts are lower. And everybody's still working. 
you know, and supposedly, you know, everybody that wants to work is working. Um, they're working for less. Right. Well, now, the, the are, are, they, are they are they working for less because um, they they pop up and they say, "I want to work from from home." All right. Well, if you want to work from home job, uh, we pay twenty thousand a year less for that because we feel like you're more productive if you show up. Well, you know what? If you don't, have to, uh, or you don't some, uh, something along those lines. But yeah, I just it or is it because corporate profits have been? I don't know. You know. They've struggled, and if you know if you're struggling profit-wise, you're struggling. Uh, you're, you're you're not paid as much tax-wise. Well, so, to, be, to, to be fair, I yeah. started this out by saying I have no. Now, to be fair, I'm yeah. trying to be fair here. The outlays are a lot less yeah, too, yeah. because the, you know, yeah. they stopped giving out all the COVID outlay stuff. But I don't know why the receipts would be less, but but they sort of are, right? You know, I'm gonna. You just mentioned up, Russell. Whenever you say something, I don't, I don't know if you realize it or not, but even when you just start talking normally if it brings up an interesting question what would your if you live when you live in the burbs uh uh-huh. and either have to have a car to drive down I'm, I'm assuming i'm just making a case here <laughs> you live in the burbs you mm-hmm. work downtown now either you can drive the train and get downtown which is uh, somewhat reasonable but let's mm-hmm. say even though today everybody pretty much dresses all over damn well please downtown which is great for me uh if in the day you needed the suits, huh. you needed the parking, you needed the extra yeah. train car, I'm not so sure that twenty grand living at home. When if you're driving, I think the twenty grand's cheap. I'd stay home. No. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. What, give what, me. Uh, no, I mean, re- really, give me <coughs> ten hours a week of my time. Heck yeah. All right, so I'm going to say a new truck. I, if I go I, buy I, a nice I, truck, I, it's seventy-five grand. Mm-hmm. All right, that's, that's a lot of dough. Right. That's a new truck, seventy-five grand. My insurance has got to be, got to be for for something that expensive. It's got to be fifteen hundred, two grand a year, isn't it? Definitely. Uh, yeah. And it's gonna park, and I have to park uh, four hundred hours a month to park, so that's forty-eight hundred. Yeah. I'm gonna say the twenty grand to stay at home is a is a bargain. <laughs> now, if I took yeah, the train, yeah, actually, and it actually works for the employer as well. What, but if I what get, about for people who don't hate the environment? Well, I mean, if, if I could walk a block to the train and hop on and, and have the, sta- yeah. the train station oh. be a block from work, that's kind of a different dynamic, right? Which yeah. is why Chicago, downtown, even though people are, are you know, doing nothing but casting stones at it, that's why the Chicago downtown has such an innate advantage. You can get people here for not much money. We got Lollapalooza this weekend. Yeah. Hmm. I like the part where uh, even if, if you want to be, if you want to be an old pervert, which you're not, and neither am I. Uh, old, maybe. The the best show in town is to see the young ladies getting off the train, heading into like a bathroom at series, and coming out in an entirely different costume that would never. Oh yeah, because never passed cause mom and da- ma- yeah. Oh yeah, because of mom and dad. Yeah. Um, so several years ago, I th- this this is how I had the best show around Lollapalooza. Um, I had my intern. We, we made up some signs that said Lollapalooza this way with arrows and we basically steered uh, steered people to the uh, to the, the horse statue <laughs> God and just sat there and watched them do a lap around the horse statue and then, then you know get out their phone to figure out where they're really supposed to be God help that they would actually you know, know where the address of the place and be able to fight sat, it. Sat out, sat outside on a Saturday, you know, sat outside on Friday afternoon and watched the idiots, you know, 
Walk. <laughs> I am the smartest man alive. <laughs> I'm having a I'm having a very special day, am I not? Yeah, yeah, you're doing so. So what? Uh, now, how if you were to you know, they yank you in front of Congress tomorrow? This 123 number is pretty friggin' high. How, it is. How are we going to drop? How are going to drop that? I'm, I, well, because I'm the smartest man alive, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I just, yeah. I wish uh, I thought if, of that. If that, that if is hilarious. True, God help us. And what do you mean? I'm throwing, I'm throwing the towel in right now. If that were because because we're in trouble. If that's true. Well, what? Right. Here's the. You want to know? Here is the solution to that 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 little debt problem there. And it involves overhauling just about everything that we do in this country, starting with uh, growing through a proper type of immigration where basically uh, we allow people to come in with, based on their ability to um, contribute to the economy, et cetera. Because natural resource-wise, feeding ourselves-wise, every, everything else, we're actually one of the few countries in the world that could support uh, doubling our population. China yeah, can't do it. Doubling's a lot. Doubling's a lot. We could do it. We could do. We could. I'm not. And I'm not saying. I, I'm talking about doubling the population over, you know, maybe a 20, 30 year period. Food and energy. We definitely but, could do it. Yeah, but we could. We're we're just one of the few places in the world, um, and demographically, that's not going to happen. Beyond there being this big ass debt bomb overhanging us, uh, unless we, uh, you know, unless we're letting people in, population in the United States is going to start shrinking. Well, we're not having as many babies, all that other kind of stuff. But it, it, it's almost like you have to overhaul uh, the over. You have to overhaul the economy or the planned part of the economy to allow for rapid growth through immigration. It's the only way that the only way we're going to keep ourselves out of financial trouble and it's the only way we can maybe manage the long-term debt because, you know, if we double our population, then that halves the, um, the that halves the debt per person. Yeah, I, uh, I uh, that, that, that's my not being smart voice. There. Well, there's that's I think some of that is uh, yeah. some of that is, but, like, is very local. I, one question I do want to ask before we you know, I don't want to be mm-hmm. like the other shows that just pick a number and just rails on it. How much during the COVID situation, and I think Trump did some of this, but but, but uh, this guy, Biden's done a real lot of it. How much of the money, I mean, we see the federal government's in, let's say, a lot worse shape. Collectively, I mean, obviously we have the, we have the, the, the deal here where you've got federal, state, and then you've got, uh, you got local. So you have three different mm-hmm. levels of taxation, which... Frankly, some com- countries in the world don't have. They just have one level, right, or two. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say, and I can't quantify this, maybe maybe Greg could, that they, they, the federal government, gave a boatload of money to the states and cities. So the, I think the states and cities certainly... Oh, yeah, they, they, propped, they propped them all up. So certainly, I, I think Illinois and Chicago are, are in a lot better shape than they were in 2000. Now, my question is, if you... This looks like the federal government just is going down a rat hole here. Three hundred and fifty billion was the SLFRF. Okay, so I guess what I'm saying is, from 2000 to to now, we went from 56 to 123, which is awful on the federal level. 
did we have some sort of a corresponding improvement in the state and local level to where all combined uh, we're not in that we're not in that much worse shape than we were in 2000. I mean, I don't know, but it's something that something you, I think you at least have to address, don't you, Russell? This says the Pew said robust fund, uh, federal pandemic aid has sent over 800 billion to states. Okay, so yeah, that was in 2022. Because no, yeah, and that's just because the you know states and local governments a big part of their revenue is sales tax. And yeah. boy, did that go down during COVID, except for buying stuff online. Oh, yeah. Which I guess went up. But, you know, still, their revenue, revenue sources, and they were also asked to do a lot more um, in a very short period of time. Well, what's, what do you mean? Local, I, local governments, like, yeah. like, go around and make sure everybody's inside. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they did a lot of... You know, I'm saying... Break, I, I, up, party, break I, up beach parties. I think, I think the, the total number... Is probably not as bad as this 123 would indicate, but on the federal level, what are they going to do? Mm-hmm. Are they, they going to raise? They're not getting money back from the states, so I mean, right. like you say, they could do really one of three things: they can cut expenses, which they're sure as hell not going to. They can yeah. they can raise taxes, which I maybe they're going to think about doing, uh, but they're also uh, or they can inflate the hell out of it, which I think is kind of yeah, what they're doing. Yeah, I, I mean the 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 least painful situation and they're all painful um is you know inflate it's inflating our way out of it Uh, and eventually eventually that we're going to go eventually we're going to go one direction or another we're either going to um you know default on the u.s debt and and do like a third world country and and you know but although god knows what the impact of that on the rest of the world would be um no, that, that if we stop paying our bills, China would be in a whole lot of trouble for, in a very short period of time. Funny you should mention that because I want to ask you. Uh, um, we'll do it after the break. It's more of a long story. But before the break, I, I just have a question. When you say inflate the way out of it, we've been inflating the hell out of things it, for the last few years. Now, my question to you, and, that, Russell, and, that, and that's how we've. Uh, that, that's one of the ways that that the number hasn't ballooned as a percentage of GDP like it has. But uh, I guess my question to you, I mean, I'm not going to, I guess I am going to name names. You know, the, the, the bumpkin uh, economics professor, Jeremy Siegel, obviously they must have him in a, in a, in a car without windows driving back and forth. Uh, it thinks everything's fine, um, and there is no inflation, and what are we even talking about? I mean, people mm-hmm. who have a really good job, I mean, don't think there is any or it doesn't bother them. But I mean, I look around and I see what's happening to people, just just in my own stuff. I'm, I'm starting to do some remodeling on the place again, and I look at the prices, and they're 30%, 40% higher than they were two years ago. So, oh, yeah. I mean, it's not even... Yeah. But I, I, how much more do you think every man can take? I mean, the, the, you know, the Irish term is you can't get blood out of a turnip. How much more can you get out of these people? I think the answer is not very much. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it get, that, that, that's why we need the new people right there. And you know, in, in doing it in a nice... I don't know, much more organized type way. Like, yeah, we, this is kind of, this is a bad example, and it's a bad example because it's going to take so long until the jobs show up. But, you know, they're building uh, semiconductor fabs down in the Southwest. Uh, it, it takes a while to build one of these, but once it's completed, you know, why not have, uh, for, for certain level jobs, why not have a job fair on the other side of the border and, 
you know, hire a handful of the people that, that you need to fill those jobs because they're, they're not getting filled by, you know, they're having a tough time filling some of the lower wage jobs. And that includes, uh, you get to bring two or three extra people along with you. And, uh, that job includes some sort of housing and some sort of stability close to, you know, where the fab's going to be, et cetera. Uh, but do that and it, but have an immigration system where, you know, you get a job and then you get to come here. Well, I think at that level, but I mean, but you that's can, the only way you're gonna. That's the only way you're gonna be able to legally match up that level of, you know, labor with um, with those jobs. Because right now, the way they get filled is people try to they they will sneak their way into the border and hope to you know finagle their way into jobs like that, as opposed to doing it maybe a more formal way. Well, but there's all kinds have, of you know open up the immigration system. But you know, have it. I mean, how do you argue against this? Well, you have it. Have it in a way that you're, you're, you, you're, you can't move here. You you can get hired right on the other side of the border, and then you can move here. You can. Uh, you just said the border part. That there, there, therein lies the rub. I mean, way, yeah. way way back in the day when our our gang came over, it was my grandparents and some people's parents, some people's great grandparents, some people here longer than that. Uh, this is kind of the first time in our history where the problem has been on a on a, a border with somebody that's land. I mean, yeah, a whole bunch of Irish people came over from Europe or Polish people and so forth, but they were it was somewhat controlled because they were all on boats. They all came through all asylum. Yeah, came came through a little funnel. Yeah, uh, and now it, it's somewhat of a problem. Yet there, there's no doubt. I mean, Russell, you're a you know you're a high end sub- suburban kind of guy, but if you ever were down here. I could take you on a couple of the south side trains. There are there are areas down there. The entire Robert Taylor home area. Um, mm-hmm. Let me favor Greg. I'm going to say fifty thousand people lived in Robert Taylor homes. There isn't a soul. Not saying I want those things back up. I don't. There are a massive expanses of property in the city of Chicago that are just dying for people to live there. I mean, oh yeah, and uh, yeah. so and I and, and I think that if you if you have families that came here and you had some temporary housing in some of these areas just building houses for the people that are here if somebody was to could pony up some of the money first on you're going to start building wealth because you're going to be building places that are worth something and the people there yeah. would would they do the labor i would think uh i mean how long would it take somebody to teach everybody how to paint and put a new plasterboard for god's sake i'm sure some of these people are carpenters some are probably cement workers i mean right there they did something i mean uh I don't see. I don't see how you couldn't have a vibrant community of ten thousand people inside of two years. I don't see how you couldn't. I mean, uh, if oh you, yeah, if, if, you, it's, if it's pro- properly managed, yeah. as long as so the idea uh, that there's, I mean, uh, there's other parts where, where, yeah, we don't need any more people, or we're already crowded. I get that part, but Chicago can't say that. Well, how, how can Akron say that? How can Detroit say that? They've, they've got now. Granted, you don't want this. Oh gosh, Detroit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Didn't didn't Detroit Akron in some of those places? Like like shrink the city and make it all parkland or something because they didn't want to have lights and streets. Detroit did that. They uh, they they bulldozed a lot of uh, bulldozed a lot of homes. Yeah, I mean I I mean j- just the idea of building a neighborhood. How many how many millions of hours of labor is that? Get it right from the group. A, yeah. And when you're done, you have you know 500 houses that are worth something. You 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 cr- you create your own wealth, right? Right. But hey, if the 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 disconnect there is. Um, 
No, if you let let's say you wanted to do something like that, let's let's do let's do a grand experiment here. Maybe I'll maybe I'll wander over to the government, um, the, the the people that that are the political science guys here at the university, and and say what would it take? But do a you know if, have have a place on the you know if if you want to come here properly, you go to the U.S. consulate. What, how how difficult could it be? Uh, to have a day where you know there, there's a developer from Chicago that needs you know 30 skilled people, and I'll guarantee you among all the masses that are that are at the border that would like to come come up here, you can find some very willing workers. I I uh... and and probably you know and this is a terrible part of it, and probably a little bit cheaper than you know the union the, the card carrying union guy in Chicago. Yeah, I I don't I don't dispute and, that. And 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 the second and and that right there is when one of the parties jumps up and says we can't do this. Well, there's going to be somebody who lives eight yeah. miles away that says those people are too close. But but people said that about the Irish, and I, I can understand that they drank too much. What can I yeah. tell you? You know, let's be yeah. futures down twenty seven. They, they, they fight. Yeah, SP Futures. Yeah, they, they are. They're tough tough birds. SP Futures down twenty seven. Has Futures down one thirty four. Be right back. Stocks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Stocks. Jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here.
Blowing rope back Stacks and Jacks. I'm talking about Rick Pappas on the board. SP Futures down 28. NSF Futures 140, down 141. Stack Futures fall after Fitch downgrades U.S. rating from AAA to AA+, whatever that even means. Dow Futures down 138. We're in Europe. Uh, whack, whack, whack. Uh, DAX down 145.9%. Uh, FTSE down 71.9%. Cat Ground, not so bad. Down 42, only 0.6%. Over in Asia, uh, Nikkei, these guys are really in a hurt over here. Nikkei down 768, 2.3%. Uh, Hang Seng down 493, 2.5%. Shanghai down 29.9%. Might be uh, some issue here with the, I don't know, between the, the representative, some of the representatives now trying to investigate a couple of U.S. firms for giving money to. Uh, investing in firms over in China that supposedly are feeding stuff to their defense establishment. There's like 50 companies anyway. That that will play out as time goes by. Uh, yesterday, Dow was up 71, S&P down 12, NASDAQ down 62, so a mixed bag. Bonds, up two basis points, 4.06. Whenever the 10-year uh, gets over 4%, it seems like the market doesn't like it, so that's probably part of the sell-off here. Uh, Bund down four basis points, 2.48. Japan up 4.63. Net. That, I think, is also shaking some stuff up over there because it's been 0.50 or lower for, well, damn near decades. Uh, oil, the uh, up 64 cents, 82.01. Brent up 57 cents, 85.48. Natural gas down 4 cents, 2.51. We've got gold up 4.40, 19.83. was up more earlier. It was up like 11 earlier. Silver up 11 cents, 24.44. Uh, copper down 4 cents at uh, 3.68. we got Bitcoin, which actually dipped below... Uh, about uh, 29,000, it's back up to 29.5, so it's had a big bounce here this morning, up 257. And we've got the U.S. dollar, which is uh, actually a little stronger here now. That's why the gold's down some. Uh, so the euro is 109.6, and the GD and the British pound GDP. The British pound is 1.273, so uh, they're both down a little bit, dollar up. Uh, what do you have for us, traffic, weather, sports? Morning, everyone. 7.38, Chicago at 72 degrees. It's going to be 88 today. Weather in Phoenix is 93 now. It's going to be about 109, mostly sunny there. Um, traffic, we got Kennedy to the interchange is 38 minutes. Eden's Lake Cook to the interchange, 55 minutes. Ike, Wolf to the interchange, 39 minutes. The Ryan is 25 from uh, 95th. Stevenson, we've got about 30 minutes from 294 to the Ryan. And Bishop Ford from I-80 to, to the interchange is 27. Sports news, we've got Sox shut out by the Rangers. Cubs win 20-9. to Diamondbacks lose 3-4 to to the Giants. Also, Aaron Rodgers took a $35 million uh, pay cut for the Jets. And Jay-Z is in the market to buy Tottenham Hotspurs. So I got, Chief. Back to you. The uh, Russell, you are... are uh China Maven, um, and, and if you take the uh, the old quote that the uh, capitalists will always sell you the the rope with which you're going to hang him with, um, uh, how, how even if you wanted to, given how well you know more about the China thing than me, how could you possibly invest over there? And even if you wanted to, how do you guarantee? You can't. Yeah, how do you guarantee that none of that money you, goes you, to the wrong places? You can't. You can't get, it, it becomes very difficult to get your money back. No, I'm saying, how do you? Yeah, I mean, I mean if, and, if you and, are BlackRock but, and you're pure and Pharaoh's wife, which I don't believe for a second, if you actually mm-hmm. want to avoid those fifty companies, how would you actually do it? I mean, how, how do you know where, where the person? Oh, if you want to, t- well, here, here's the funny thing. Um, you, you, the, the workaround if you want exposure. But first off, why would you want exposure to companies that people from the U.S. aren't allowed to invest in? Well. 
because you thought you were going to make money. I mean, right, I mean, right there. Well, getting early. Do you do you really think that you know we're, we're, that 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 those are the companies that are going to outperform? Well, I mean, I, I don't think. I, I mean, I, I that that. that that, but but if you wanted to, if you wanted to try to get exposure to them, um, you can through their derivatives. You can through their options and their futures on the if if those stocks are included in the indexes. Um, but you can't. Uh, you're, you're, so you can still get exposure in a roundabout way to them. Not as not as direct as investing in the company. So, but there isn't. Is there a U.S. citizen that actually thinks when when our guys come up with a law like that that they're actually going to spank anybody of importance that laws there just in case you and I ever run for senator and, and, and invest 10 bucks to come after us. I mean, does anybody really think that that people who have invested in China here from day one are not involved in these companies? No, of course they are. One way or another. Yeah. Uh, and there there might even be some sort of grandfathering clause in there. Okay. You know, you, 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 you can't if a company's totally intertwined with another one of these companies, uh, and in any way, sh- way or shape or fashion, uh, you got to give the company, the, the the investing company, some time to unwind whatever their exposure is. Is are the is the relationship? No, so I would, and and also that that's kind of a way that you don't upset some of your big donors if you're like, yeah, can't you can't do this? But but our guys that have already been doing it made a ton of money that they've funneled to our packs. They, they they're okay on this one. Um, is the relationship between so, the Hong no, Kong market and the mainland market mm-hmm. is it is that is that anywhere near the same as like an ADR is <laughs> from here to Mexico or no? This is so funny because I I I spent about an hour talking to the Hong Kong Exchange yesterday. Okay. So about that, I know about this very topic. So there are different types of shares in Hong Kong still. Some are are ways to get direct exposure to mainland China companies, uh, and I feel like that might be three quarters of what's going on on that exchange now. Uh, and then the other quarter is uh, you know more of Hong Kong type companies that you know free Hong Kong getting sucked back into China um, were were not what you would think of as mainland China companies. Is it, so, is it? Is it? It's. It is. I mean, that. That's what. The, that. That's where their bread and butter is. Is it? Uh, is that similar it, to ADRs or no? I mean, sort of. Uh, it's. Uh, it's a certain class of share. I don't know if it's a class that gives you claim on mainland shares. I, I don't know the actual structure. If I were talking to a you know a, a, a client, if I were in your position and talking to a client. Uh, the way I'd answer that question is uh, it, they, they are representative shares like ADRs. Uh, I don't know if structurally they're issued by a, bank, by a bank like an ADR is or if there's another scheme to create those shares on Hong Kong that give you claim to shares uh, of mainland companies. An ADR, so ADR it's, a, it's, an, it's an indirect type of ownership. I, the, the thing is beyond that, I don't know how those securities are created. I know how ADRs are created, but I, I don't I don't know how China A shares are created. Um, ADR, you actually got the dividend, right? Yeah, it gets passed back. Through, it gets passed through to you. Yeah, so it was almost it was yeah. about as close to trading the stack as possible. I know one of the 
DPMs here. Uh, a friend of mine who just died actually had that DPM. Was it was it Pemex or Semex? What did they have? That was Pemex, right? So is that uh, is that that was, one of the was, industry companies down what, in? What was the uh, Mex- Mexican oil? Was it the Mexican oil company? I think that was Pemex. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. They, they even trade anymore. Like I don't know. They're still around, I'm oh. sure, but. I, I'm sure they're still around as a company. I, they may be a wholly owned government company now, or something like that. Yeah, it was something weird, but they were they were they were mm-hmm. busy. I mean, they were real busy. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, they traded a full of options. Oh, yeah, I, I, you know, Telmex shares were those. Not yeah, yeah, those were the one. It was Telmex. Pemex wasn't as big. Yeah. I think they had Pemex. It was Telmex was the one that was real big. Yeah. Oh, uh, Telmex. Telmex got bought out by a different telecommunications company. Okay, because they were big for a while. That's that's what, that's what ended up happening to them. Yeah. Because well, you know, it, it, a long time ago, because you know, uh, Mexico was on on the cusp of becoming a modern modern economy. But backed up. Yeah. You know what? Uh, you, you know the history. You know, a company or a country that was supposed to be entering the modern world in like 1920 and backed up was Argentina. Yeah, I, I knew exactly. I, I knew you were going to say uh, either Argentina or Chile. Um, but yeah, that part of the world. It, and you know what? Argentina is one of those countries that can feed and heat themselves. Well, the only country in the world that so has what I was talking about with the U.S., which which, which you know, which is going to become very important uh, with when there's so many people in the world. What? Uh, you know, how do you take? How do you? How do you take? Can, can you take care of the population that you got living within your borders? And independently, and there are not a whole lot of countries that fit that bill. How many people? Here's a question out of left field. How many people do you think in some of these countries, especially China? How many people do you think COVID knocked off? Really? Oh well, wouldn't you think? I mean, what percent? They, you know, didn't they say it was a a few million? How many millions in the U.S.? Well, uh, I don't know. I, I I don't know how many people were killed. I mean, it, at minimum. If you take the number that that were killed in the U.S. and you just take that as a percentage of the population, you've got to assume that in the rest of the world it was at least that bad. You know, we we complain, we bitch up and down about our healthcare system. Our healthcare system is pretty damn good compared to other parts of the world. I'm going to say, uh, so it's never come out of COVID. The our healthcare system now is is. Compared to five years ago, is third world. I know so many people. The amount of people that have, have died. Matter of fact, uh, I don't know if you saw this or not. Well, you listened last Friday. Carl said, "Other this particular year, there's actually a surplus in the old age. This old age pension, the Social Security, because so many people have died." Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's all the people I, who, who didn't get care because of the. Uh, you couldn't get in to see anybody. Uh, what did uh, Karen uh, Reeves, uh, the lady who came out a couple times, she was running for office, uh, very, very likable lady. She she told us on the air that her, her mother-in-law, you know, I don't think she lived in the world's greatest neighborhood, but um, couldn't get in to see anybody. By the time she went in there, uh, her breast cancer was stage four, by the time anybody would see her, and then uh, she lasted like three months or something. I mean, there, there was a boatload of that going mm-hmm. on. I, I, yeah, I, I think we lost. I mean, it wasn't the COVID, necessary, but I, I think right now, if you know anybody who goes to see a specialist, if you if you can get in in three or four months, you, you got to know somebody. I mean, it's hey, uh, remember what I, you, you 
Remember what happened to me in late February? Yep. Yeah. Uh, I still haven't been able to get in to see somebody about my concussion. Um, I'm going to say that by my, the time my, you see my it, that the, My appointment to figure out how cognitively screwed up I actually am from my accident, uh, it's later this month. That's how long it took me to get in to see a concussion specialist. I'm going to say that by the time you get there, you're cured. I, I, I think so, but I still forget where I am every once in a while. That's, that might just be uh, getting up there. <laughs> Everybody says that without fail. You know, that's just good. No, it's different. Trust me. I, I know right. my general forgetfulness, and I know what goes on now. It's a little bit different. Well, you know, the old, um, the old line. I have, to, I, have to t- I have to talk about an important topic, or I'm going to get the crap beaten out of okay. me in my household. Go right ahead. Okay. I'm hijacking your program. Uh, French Bulldog. He's still with Jeez. you, I She's still with me. I'm scratching her ear right now. But the uh, the Chicago French Bulldog Rescue, they've taken in so many dogs, they can't take in other, any more dogs right now. Really? Keep, yeah. So I did tweet. I, I, I'm being shameless for a second. I get A couple times a year, I get to use your platform. Right ahead. Um, but I uh, I tweeted out, uh, and I, I tagged uh, Stock and Jock. Did you, uh, did you ask? I, tw- right? I tweeted. I tweeted out. I tweeted out the Chicago French Bulldog rescue thing. Did so. you ask Greg to help you out with that? Uh, use a tweet for Stacks and Jacks. Greg, you gonna Greg, you gonna retweet? You on it? On cool. It. Yeah. We know. We know how it, he's he's already seen it and done it. He's already seen it and done it. Greg is Greg's unbelievable. Yeah, because we're, we're we're a well-oiled machine on this program. You just don't ever don't ever uh, don't ever tell him how good he is. It goes right to his head. But they took in so many. Uh, there was a, a breeder that. Had a whole ton of sick puppies, and the, and the whole group is, we, we nobody. There's no more capacity for any more dogs right now. So, Everyone wanted one during COVID. Now they're 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 heading back. The uh, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, I think I think that's part of it as well. I think summertime is a pretty bad time to uh, try to adopt out dogs because people with families and everything else have all their summer vacations. All that well, kind of crap. I, I don't want to. Everybody, but, everybody was interested in, in getting a dog turn your show off for two minutes because I'm going to say in the last five years I can't think of anything that has a higher inflation rate to it than vets. Vets. Oh I know but you're worth it aren't you baby? Yeah I just but I mean it's uh <laughs> well the girl, the girl no, downstairs. No, I don't, I, I, I'm well aware um, I, I, I see the vet bills. Um, unfortunately we lost uh, one of our pugs uh, yeah. about three or four weeks ago and, and that is not a cheap process. You know, actually, you know, I had a when it was this is six seven years ago when poor Scruff went down. Uh, I had a guy come over to the house, and it was and it was a couple hundred bucks. Wasn't crazy. No, not out of control. But, but I mean, uh, but yes, the girl downstairs, uh, you know, one of, the, one of the ladies who works behind the bar, you know, you never really know what story you're getting from that gang. But uh, she has a bulldog that I have not met, but other people have. And the poor guy had some kind of an obstruction. It wasn't like he ate anything. And they had, he had emergency surgery in his abdomen. It took the vet like an hour. It was like 15 grand or 12 grand or something. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, kind of, that's kind of rich. Vets, get ma- vets, yeah. make, vets make 12 grand an hour now. I mean, I know there's more cost to the surgery than that. But if you ever, if you ever have an issue and you've got to go to one of these emergency vets, my God. It's, yeah. it's unbelievable. No, I, I have had issues. And um, 
I have gotten to go to the emergency vet. Oh, it was, I'm sure you had a great. I, but there, they're worth it. Plan you Aren't you, baby? Guys? You're worth it. Well, there's there's an insurance okay. plan, but all it does is raise the prices like every other insurance plan, right? Yeah, you can get you can get. I do not have pet insurance, so but there. Um, so yes, the my daughters were like, I, yeah, they they sent a little thing out yesterday and said uh, we can't accept any adoptions. And the next thing you know, my oldest is on the phone to me. You've got to talk about this on the radio tomorrow. Okay. I like those little Frenchies. They're cute. They're they're awesome dogs. They're like they're like little old men that only have half a brain. <laughs> they're, they're, they're like they're like little Marty Feldmans running around your house. That's girl, what it really is. The I'm girl gonna, downstairs. I'm going to put a Marty Feldman wig and a hump on this dog's back. The little girl downstairs has a uh, little French bulldog Harley. And, uh-huh. Uh huh. But she's always calling me to when I go to the Burbs on the weekend. She's always calling me on Saturday. Can you watch Harley tonight? I said no. You don't even go to the Burbs on Saturday. I suppose I could take Harley with uh, Audrey's poodle. I'd have somebody to play with, but uh, I, you know, you never know if you, they're going to be a mix. Little Maggie won't like her. Maggie's, Maggie's fifteen; she doesn't want anybody around. So the uh, some dogs hate dogs, well, well, but um, yeah, yeah. She's, these she's, these guys are these guys are awesome. That's all I can. Say so she's going to live a normal life. You think? And my brother did the same thing. She, it's continuing on. We've had her almost a year, and she was. Uh, they told us she was our six month hospice dog. Well, my my, so. my brother got willed a dog that she had. Built, was a half shepherd, half husky, right? She looks just like a mm-hmm. shepherd. So she, her hips were bad. And so they said she's only going to make it like six months. We'll have to put her down. So he takes her. It turns out she lasts like 12 years. And, oh, yeah. And, and her hips were bad, but it got to the point where she was so skinny in the back end, but her front end was real strong because she had to use her front paws like almost everything. She had the, the shepherd fur, and on, b- below it, beneath it, was the husky fur. If it was snowing, she'd run outside and she'd hop up on the picnic table and fall asleep, and the snow would land on her and it wouldn't melt. Because she had the husky fur in her. All of a sudden, he goes out. I go up to the picnic table. I see this this thing on the table, all covered in snow. I go, "It's the dog." <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. It's unreal. I mean, is it just the the Frenchies, or are all these places overwhelmed? Oh, uh, it's a, it's the it's the Frenchies. This uh, this one just got um, overwhelmed with a. Um, bunch uh you know breeder a breeder had a whole batch of sick puppies and and they took them in and trying to nurse a whole bunch of them back to health yeah well that's uh so and they get them back to health in a foster home etc and then uh adopt those suckers out how, how can people have a uh, your your guy uh uh billy he used to work over at the, the series good friend of mine for years and years and years billy's uh-huh. billy and his wife always foster dogs and then that's the golden program yeah but they if I if I get a guy in my house for a month, he's not leaving. Yeah, I know it's it's pretty tough. So, yeah, this guy the the one that's that's laying on me right now. The the only way she's leaving is on the little puppy stretcher. Well, this, these people by odds, I, I take little Maggie out for a walk, right? And she she's got she's fourteen. She's a, a Maltese. She's got like three teeth, and she's any other dog. She's like, let me at him, <laughs> like, you know, let me at him, let me at him. I'll Arr. take him. So this these, this lady fosters some dogs. It's beautiful how she fosters dogs. They got this big wrought iron fence. There's always a bunch of dogs out there. Matter of fact, I took Maggie for a walk on Sunday. She was all pissed off because none of the dogs were out there. She and she has, she's hanging around on the on their grass, not wanting to move because she's waiting for somebody to come out so she could bark at them. Right. Anyway, this one day, all of a sudden, they, they're they're uh, fostering this little poodle guy. He slipped right through the fence. <laughs> he goes out. He and Maggie are mm-hmm. sniffing each other. The guy comes running out. The dog's like, "That fence isn't for me. It's not big enough." And out he came. <laughs> Cute little guy. 
with the, I mean, I didn't want him getting hurt out there without a leash on or anything, but he, yeah. he was fine. So what? Yeah. What? What? How is all this? We got one of the candidates. We're trying to throw him in jail. We got another guy. We don't know what he's doing. Meanwhile, all this stuff's kind of going crazy, and the government is, and his money is just flying all over the place. The receipts are down from last year, which I can't put my finger on at all. How that's happening? I mean, what? What mm-hmm. kind of a? What kind of a pot of stew are we are we getting together here, Russell? And what's the, what's the fix? I mean, how in the world? You know, there are a lot of us um, in the United States. Why are these our two best choices? Why are these our only two choices? Um, you know, I mean, because they really are. What would you say that my <clears throat> if my mom was still alive when when Bush ran against uh, Kerry? She goes, "How do we have two guys?" running for office that are in a country of 300 million people that are both sea students and laid naked in a coffin staring up at dead animals. Because they were both skull and bones, right? They were both skull and bones. And she goes, how, how, how are these our two choices? Isn't there anybody else? What do you think she'd, th- what do you think she'd say today if she was still here? Oh, she'd, she'd just... I think at this point, it's it just uh, nod your head and, and wait for the Grim Reaper to show up. Well, how much of the? Uh, I mean, really, if, yeah. you're, if, if you're, you know, the, the generation above, like, you know, that, that are really pushing a hundred now, you're you're probably just cannot believe what what the world has become. Well, are, why, are we going to? This is an interesting question. If you, if you read like history, there's going there's been a a few times, maybe Rome, maybe Greece, maybe some other times, where some civilization stood out and was the beacon of light for everybody else. And I don't mm-hmm. think that anybody feels with all our warts, with all the stuff that we've done and to various people and so forth, that the United States is not that country today. We're not gonna let it go down internally, are we? Just out of out of our own foibles? We're not we're not gonna we're not gonna ruin this dream just because we we can't get along and we're all we're always fighting with each other internally, are we? Or are we? Um, you know, you know, if if you have a country of of people that that are focused on uh, putting food on the table, doing the right kind of stuff, you know, raising a couple of really good kids, uh, if, if 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 you have a, a country of a of a you know a good number of people like that, good number of blue collar middle class type folks, uh, I think I think you have like a moral stability within your within your country and we we've lost that we've just thought it, it you know we've like it's in part of my whole macro solution that i uh came up within about five minutes in the first you know in the first half hour this morning uh it involves you know trying to uh when, when i talked about interviewing for a blue collar job across the border and allowing you know whoever you got hired uh to move over here with you know Maybe up to three other people, a spouse and a couple of kids. Um, you know, that that that's the kind of person that is going to be here. They're going to contribute to the economy. Hopefully, their kids are going to surpass whatever whatever their parents do, did, because that's what you want for your kids. I mean, that that that's who you're going to be letting into the country after a little bit of vetting and making sure they have a job when they get here. Uh, and I, I feel like that would get us back to. You know, not being um, something that appears more embarrassing than a beacon of light to the rest of the world. Oh yeah, it's, it's uh, and we are yeah. still a beacon of light because as 
goofy. I'm not. I'm not going to say things are bad. We're just freaking goofy right now. Um, as goofy as things are, well, in we the have, United States, collectively people people still want to come here. Right, but you, all you have to do is drive in traffic. Watch how kids behave. There's video the other night of this fight in the skybox at Sox Park. I never thought I'd see that in America. I mean, people kicking people without even a look on their face like they cared. This whole idea, of, it, it's like it's like anarchy here in, in some ways. I know. It's it's crazed. I don't I don't I don't get it. Anyway, Russell, thank you very much, buddy. Uh, hey, gotcha. Um, the uh, still want to have a meteorological girl up here talking about global warming. Oh, she she is absolutely terrified. I'm going to pull her out of bed and put her in, put a microphone in front of her. You know what? She said two words, and all of a sudden, she'd be all words. Uh, uh, pro- maybe, maybe you got to you just got to break through that. All right. I well, understand that. So. SP futures down thirty, and SP is down one forty two. <laughs> We've had other people here. Audrey didn't want to come on. All of a sudden, she was here two minutes, and I couldn't stop her talking. Was I mean that was the first time she was fine. <laughs> Uh, Emmy would be great. And you know what? If, if you're talking about something you care about, you learn how to talk about it real quick. And she does care about that. Yeah. We know that. Oh, yeah. She'd be, she'd be all fired up about the tornado. By the way, how come uh, you weren't doing the uh, tornado rush down south? Or what do you mean? Uh, well, you did the tornado thing in the, in the plains at one time, but I thought you'd be chasing them south because in the spring there were a lot of them south. It was, uh, it was the time of year that we did it. The, earlier, we, we went – if. If we had gone in May instead of going in June, we probably would have been closer to the southeastern United States. In fact, I think they commenced okay. um, from Kansas City or something like that instead of Denver for that very reason. But it was see- it was seasonal for us. That's why. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. SP Futures up down 31 now. NASDAQ is on 144. Did not look good. Everett is Fitch downgrade. Back tomorrow, Stocks and Jacks. We got no food. We got no jobs. Our pets' heads are falling off. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. CairoMed. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.